Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Channel. We're broadcasting right across the world from Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, where technology meets entertainment. It's also one hell of a place to live. You know, for those of you who may not know, I came across to the States from Australia about 30 years ago, and uh, I've lived here ever since and love it. So over the past couple of weeks, we've discussed the rapid automation that's taking place in restaurants and in airports and supermarkets. Uh, I think last week we talked about the 45,000 robots that have been installed by Amazon. Motor manufacturing is becoming almost totally automated and on and on it goes. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg and the replacement of people by AI continues that acceleration. Last year, McKinsey showed that the current demonstrated technologies could automate 45% of the activities that people are paid to perform and that 60% of all occupations could see a minimum of 30% plus automated. Again, that's with the technologies available today. And bear in mind that the capability of machines and the capability of AI will be considerably enhanced next month and the month after that and the month after that. So just imagine what it will be like in a year. A future where human workers are replaced by machines is about to come a reality that the insurance firm in Japan, where employees are being laid off and replaced with artificial intelligence systems that can calculate payouts to policyholders. Fukoku Mutual Mutual Life Insurance believes it will increase productivity by 30% and see a return on its investment in less than two years. They said that it would save about $1.25 million a year after the 1.6 million AI systems installed this month. Maintaining it's only going to cost about 125 grand a year. So that's a win, 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 win for the insurance company but I guess it's a lose, lose, lose for all the people that are being laid off. And the system's based on IBM's Watson Explorer, which, according to the tech firm, possesses cognitive technology that can think like a human, enabling it to analyse and interpret all of your data, including unstructured text, images, audio and video. The technology will be able to read tens of thousands of medical certificates really quickly and will factor in the length of hospital stays, medical histories and any surgical procedures before calculating payouts. While the use of AI will drastically reduce the time needed to calculate Fukoku's mutual payouts, which reportedly totaled 132000 during the current financial year. The sums will not be paid until they've been approved by a member of staff. So that's great. They get rid of zillions of people, but they have somebody checking the end result. Wonder how long that'll last. Now, Japan's shrinking ageing population, coupled with its prowess in robot technology, that makes it a prime testing ground for AI. According to a 2015 report by Nomura Research Institute, nearly half of all jobs in Japan, half of all jobs in Japan will be performed by robots in less than 20 years. Daiichi Life Insurance has already introduced a Watson-based system to access payments, and Japan Post Insurance is interested in introducing a similar setup. AI could soon be playing a role in the country's politics as well. Well, you know, doesn't seem to make much difference, does it, really? Next month, the Economy, Trade and Industry Ministry will introduce AI on a trial basis 
to help civil servants draft answers for ministers during cabinet meetings and parliamentary sessions. And if that experiment's a success, it could be adopted to other government agencies. If, for example, a question is asked about energy-saving policies, the AI system will provide civil servants with the relevant data and a list of pertinent debating points based on past answers to similar questions. Now's the time to begin developing a new social and economic structure for society. Well, we're going to have some serious problems. And... uh, you know, irresponsible discussion by politicians about creating millions of new jobs and bringing jobs back to the country just are not realistic. But I guess to a lot of the population who are out there fearful of the future, what else are you going to believe in? Except it's not reality. Now, as you're aware, I'm a great believer in blockchain, and when I began discussing it a number of years ago, there was great scepticism from my radio listeners. Um, But seven large European banks have now signed an MOU regarding a blockchain-based cross-border trade finance platform for small and medium-sized businesses. The primary reason that financial services firm and the EMEA are pursuing blockchain is to create new businesses, develop new business models, decrease costs and improve efficiency and of course there's fear of being disrupted and blockchain can help all of that. Deutsche Bank, HSBC, KBC, Robobank, Societe Generale and Unicredit, they're all working together on the platform which has been called the Digital trade chain or DTC and plan to launch it in seven European markets, Belgium, Luxembourg, France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands and the UK in the near future. DTC aims to simplify trade finance for small enterprises. The platform has already been tested to proof of concept stage. The banks point out that while many larger businesses use letters of credit to speed up and reduce the risks around the trade finance process, this solution is often not appropriate for or just not available to smaller businesses. The new platform will function as an alternative to letters of credit for SMBs, small to medium businesses. It will work by connecting the parties involved typically the buyer, the buyer's bank, the seller, the seller's bank, and the transporters, of course, on a single blockchain platform accessible both online and via mobile. Using blockchain technology makes it easier to register payments, track shipments, and improve accountability. It also keeps all records attached to a transaction on the shared blockchain. And that reduces the time spent on paperwork, on administration, and it speeds up the whole order to settlement process. What's really interesting, though, is that KBC's rival retail banks have agreed to further develop DTC, suggesting that interbank rivalry may be less of an obstacle to developing user networks than we previously thought. We previously thought that if somebody was doing it, the rest would buck, but that doesn't seem to be the case. This latest group effort um, indicates that some of the major um, obstacles are not fundamentally opposed to working on a solution initially developed by rival institutions. Now, blockchain technology, best known for powering Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, it's gaining steam among finance firms because it's got enormous potential to streamline processes and increase efficiency. It's estimated the technology could cut costs by up to $20 billion in finance alone. Just cutting costs by $20 
$1,000 million a year just in finance. And this happens because blockchain has the ability to allow multiple parties to transfer and store sensitive information in a space that's secure. It's permanent, it's anonymous, and it's very easily accessible. And that'll simplify paper-heavy, expensive or logistically complicated financial systems like remittances and cross-border transfers, shareholder management, um, ownership exchange, and securities trading, just to name a couple. And outside of finance, a large number of industries are investigating the technology's potential to simplify record-keeping and significantly reduce costs. As a result, venture capital firms and finance institutions are pouring investment into funding, developing and testing blockchain. Over 50 major financial institutions are involved with collaborative blockchain startups, have begun researching the technology in-house or have helped fund startups with products rooted in blockchain. BI Intelligence has compiled a detailed report on blockchain, which found spending on capital markets applications of blockchain is expected to grow at a 52% compound annual growth rate. 52% compound annual growth. I can't think of any other business that's um, got those sort of numbers. And it'll reach $400 million in two years. In addition... Banks and major financial institutions are working both collaboratively and independently to develop blockchain technology. It's amazing. You know, over 50 major financial institutions are involved with collaborative blockchain startups, and many are investing in the technology on their own as well. Firms could be using blockchain to transact real value as early as, wait for it, this year, and we could see widespread industry application within the next couple of years. Now, do you get my uh, daily 30-second read business newsletter? i got to admit, occasionally it's longer. If it's a really important topic, it might be a couple of minutes read, but I'll, I always tell you about it. We now have about 81,000 daily subscribers, which is a lot. Almost no non-subscribes or unsubscribes, which is terrific, and lots and lots and lots of new subscribers every day. So if you're interested in getting a 30-second read business newsletter, sometimes it might be about blockchain, sometimes it might be about property, it could be about um, employment, it could be about advances in medical science, it could be about apps, it could be about a whole range of things, um, autonomous cars, um, and it takes just 30 seconds to read, and it'll keep you up to date with all the business news that's important. So when you're sitting around the water cooler, and you're talking away, then you sound like the bright kid on the block. Um, it's also good. You take, you go out to lunch. It gives you something to talk about. People think you're really smart. It's fantastic. <laughs> so make sure you um, subscribe to my 30-second read business newsletter. It goes out to 81,000 people right across the world, about 65 countries or something. And if you've got a topic you want me to talk about, just drop me a note. Go to my um, website, bobpritchard.com, drop me a note, and uh, I will do my best to uh, prepare it for you. Now, my guest today, Mitch Stephen, really interesting guy, funny guy, very smart. We had a tremendous conversation, really enjoyed it. And he's bought and sold over 1,300 properties in the last 20 years. Um, his company specialises in buying distressed properties with other people's money, very smart, and selling these properties with owner financing. He also started 13 boat storage, um, one 
place with 13 boat storages. And his storage business has now grown to over 1,100 storage doors in 16 locations. He's also the author of three books, and uh, he offers online education, group coaching, and full-on mentorships relating to all the aspects of owner financing. He's a very interesting and a very funny guy with ideas that'll work in any industry. I'm not saying this just to say it, but I'm going to um, get in touch with him and, and see if I can work together with him because I reckon despite a lot of experience that I've had, I think I could learn a hell of a lot from Mitch. Um, so I'll be back with Mitch immediately after this short break on the Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. Where over the last five and a half years or so, we've given you the insights into the lives of over 350 or so of the world's most interesting business people. We, um, we've talked about what they do, we've talked about the challenges they face, and uh, what we really try to do is work out what makes them tick. You know, it's, it's really difficult to create a successful business, as we know from the fact that something like 96% of all businesses fail. So only four in a hundred succeed. So um, you need to get all the advice and assistance that you can from the entrepreneurs that have achieved success. You need to read their books and you need to um, listen to segments like this that uh, so that you don't go out and repeat the mistakes that everybody makes. You know, the, the number of entrepreneurs who sort of start and then have a golden run there ain't many of those, folks. There's very, very few. So um, the idea of this segment is to learn. Now, Mitch Stevens, been a self-employed real estate investor for over 20 years, beginning in his early 20s, and his company, Independence Day, Inc., has bought and sold over 1,300 properties in and around San Antonio, Texas, since 1996. That's a pretty good effort. I was going to work out how frequently that is he sells a property but I didn't get time um, so Independence Day <laughs> specialises in buying distressed properties with other people's money that works and selling those properties with owner financing now the Stephen family there's a whole, there's I think mother father son and daughter I think uh, has built wealth by purchasing very affordable homes selling them for over double the cost and owner financing the sale by creating a note for the buyer. In 1991, the family made plans to keep their wealth, very good plan, <laughs> and create forever money by um, acquiring self-storage and boat storage facilities, but primarily around Canyon Lake where they live in Texas. They started with a 13-boat storage in front of a state park at the lake and the storage business has now grown to over 1,100 storage doors in 16 locations. 
Mitch is the author of three books. You'll get the you'll get the gist here in a minute. My life in a thousand houses, failing forward to financial freedom. Second book, my life in a thousand houses, two hundred plus ways to find bargain properties. Third book, you'll never guess it. My life in a thousand <laughs> houses, the art of owner financing. You know, one of the hardest things, I've written a whole bunch of books, as you probably know, and one of the hardest things to do is think of names for bloody books. This guy's got that licked. You just call them all the same fucking name. How is that? I'm out there stressing and doing all these dummy covers and putting them on shelves of Barnes & Noble and trying to work out which one attracts the most attention. This guy just says, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to call them all the same thing. <laughs> got to be, be a great idea. Now, you got to keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> exactly. Now, Mitch offers online education, group coaching, and full-on mentorships relating to all the aspects of owner financing. Mitch, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. You're being heard all around the world. Oh, my gosh. That was pretty good. So I went ahead and did the math for you. Okay. That's about 71 houses a year that I buy, and then I sell with owner financing. I buy them with other people's money, yep. so I have nothing invested in them. Then I mark them up, and then I owner finance them, and I collect the payments, and I have a cash flow without the liability of being a landlord because I'm not the landlord. I'm the bank. Yeah, I got it. Um, of course, the, um, the difficulty with that is accessing the capital the other people's money capital because, um, you know, this show is aimed at business people and entrepreneurs and they'll all tell you that the hardest thing in the world is raising money. So um, I guess you've got a track record going back over a hell of a lot of years. So um, you've got ac- you've developed access to those funds over the period. But um, for most people, raising money is difficult. Yes, but here's the catch, and it hasn't been that difficult in this situation. I borrow money from people uh, one unit at a time, one house at a time, no matter how much they want to get out, and I pledge that house, and it is worth significantly more than what I'm asking to borrow. I average a 52% uh, loan-to-value and so if I'm buying a $100,000 house in San Antonio, I know that sounds kind of weird to you all in California, but you can actually buy houses down here for, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15,000 bucks sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but so if you're buying a $100,000 house and you're only asking to borrow 55,000 or 52,000, it's not a hard sell because they either get paid or they get your house. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, so it, it's not that know, tough. It's real estate. It's mu- it's much more solid than most people's, you know, dream of developing the next um Whatever it is, yeah, it'd be it'd be a whole lot harder to borrow fifty thousand to start a snow cone factory in Alaska than it would be to do my deal. Absolutely, I agree with that. Now, reading your bio, it you know you get the impression that Mitch Stevens all about making money. You know, everything's about making a dollar using other people's money, but making a dollar. Is there more to you than accumulating dollars, or are you just a sort of walking dollar sign? <laughs> well, you know, you, when, um, at first when you start out, it's about the money. You want to make some money, right? Because sure. you, you can't hardly do anything without it. You know, if you could get your freedom by collecting jelly beans, then there's all been a book about collecting jelly beans. But unfortunately, we have to buy our freedom with money Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And, um, and if, you got money, of, if you got money, you get the best girls. Yeah, you can get a whole lot of problems with money. It's not just not just the good stuff you can get with money. You can get some really bad stuff too. It yeah. takes, takes a little discipline, you know. So when you start making money, one of the saddest days in my life—I say saddest days, like because I'd made more money than I ever thought I was going to make—and then I realized it wasn't it wasn't solving my problems. The, the biggest problems of the day, that money wasn't going to solve. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a very sick brother. Um, it, I couldn't fix that. It didn't matter how much I had. And um, in, in a way, having a lot of money was causing me more problems or as many problems as I was being able to enjoy it. So you had to strike a real balance and you had to get it through your head that um, money's not everything and it doesn't take long. You, you learn pretty quick that you have to have some other passion, some other big why. The money's just a scorecard. That's all it is, is a scorecard anymore. Sure. So what's... What is Mitch's other big passions? 
Well, if you go to MitchStevenMusic.com, I've written over 100 songs there. I've written thousands of songs, but I've, there's 100 of them there recorded. And uh, I like to call myself a songwriter on a good day. I've been doing it for about 40 years. And, Bob, I'm going to get good at it any day now. <laughs> That's funny because a couple of days ago um, I went and saw Neil Sadaka, who's like a 1,000 years old. But um, he was He wrote great. some great songs. He has written some, you know, Solitaire's got to be one of the great songs of all time. So if, what, have you got a Solitaire yet? Oh, no. If I did, we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> you give up. You give up the heavens. No, no, that's not true. I think I think what we do is a good way to preserve wealth, you know, because you got to put your money somewhere. Yeah. And I just don't like giving it to a bunch of yahoos that don't care about my money as much as I do. So I would prefer to put it in things that I know how to own and operate that you can hire managers for that don't take all your time, but at least I understand it and where to put it. Yeah. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty of what you do. So how many houses in the last 12 months, I know you said 76 a year, is, would that would that be fair over the last 12 months? Would you have bought and sold? In, two, in, in 2015, you know, the real estate market in Texas and in general has been really, really hot. So finding bargain properties, and plus there's a guru on every corner every weekend selling tickets to the how to get rich. And then every mother, that every mom, stay-at-home mom that watches Flip That House uh, this week wants to go out and flip a house. So uh, the competition got really tough and the, the, the real estate market was really hot. And so in 2015, I bought 87 houses. And this year I bought, in 2016, I bought 79 houses. Okay. And about 40% of those I wholesale because they do not fit my criteria for owner financing or perhaps some of the people that I work with need a paycheck to keep going, so yeah. I'll wholesale a house to get some money in everybody's pocket. About 10% I retailed because the house just screamed at me, you know, go get a realtor, put it on the market, there's nothing to be done with it, just sell it and, and make some money. And then the other 50%, I took a down payment and I carried I carried the paper and I, I received payments uh, from wow. the person who moved in. And so I, I owner finance about, I try to do 50 houses a year. I try to owner finance 50 houses a year. Okay. So a majority of these, what, what percentage of these houses are distressed sales where somebody's really in the shit and needs to get rid of the house? And, and so are you, are you sort of in one way, a, I don't know. Call me. I mean, you call me a buzzer. I'm a grave dancer. That's where a, you're a going. Par, yeah, so. a pariah. Are you <laughs> around looking for people who, you know, who are dying on their last leg yeah. and are going to steal their property? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, here's the deal. They're going to die with or without me, and someone's going to get that property, so it might as well be me, Bob. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. But I, here's I, the I thing. think of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have been called that by some realtors, you know, a, a, a grave dancer or a buzzard lurking for – but here's the thing. I'm just – wealth comes from chaos. There's I didn't make that saying up, but I love that saying. Yeah. Wealth comes from chaos, and there's chaos that happens every day that I, I didn't cause that chaos. There's death, yeah. divorce, health, tra- uh, transfers. Um, you know, all, there's even promotions. Not not all chaos is bad. There are promotions. People win the lottery and don't give a crap about this little house anymore because they're moving on to their mansion. And and so there's all kinds of reasons. I'm just an expert at, at, at finding out where that chaos happens most of the time and how to navigate it and how to get a hold of the people that control the real estate that are in the middle of that chaos. That's really what I do. And and I think you'll agree. We're all just marketers. And I've learned to market to this segment. You're, you've been a marketer, your, sounds like, dang near your whole life. Yeah. Um, you figure out where your target is and then you learn how to appeal to them. So I'm, I, I'm appealing to people that have some issues. I call them situational properties. I'm looking for situational properties right. or situational people. I'm looking for people or houses that have situations that need to move fast. And if they're waiting on traditional methods, it's not going to work because it's not going to be fast enough. Right. Right. So what are the major ways that you get your leads for buying properties? I mean, you know, what? I, I have no idea of the real estate market down where you are. So yeah, you're you're moving seventy six houses a year. Um, what would the total number of houses moved um, in your area be? A year? Like, I mean, like how did I find them? How did I find them? So 
I mean, I wrote that book, 200 Plus Ways to Find Bargain Properties, and a lot of it depends on the market and where you're at. But these days, there's so much competition that you can't do the obvious things, like go to the courthouse steps. You know, yeah. I'm a, I like to think out of the box. You obviously think out of the box, too. So I like to think out of the box. I went to an auction one time and saw the prices of houses, what they were going for, and I thought, oh, my God. I took my three problem houses that I couldn't sell. I foreclosed on myself. I took them to the auction. I had my money in 48 hours. It was like the most brilliant move I'd ever done. I went to the auction to sell my houses because the people from California, uh, the people from Las Vegas, Nevada, the people from New York, the people from China, the, the upper echelon of Mexico uh, wealth was down there paying way, way, way too much for houses. I said, hell, this isn't a place to come buy houses. This is a place to come sell your house. I just foreclosed right. on myself to come down there. Right. So, so you, you got to get off the beaten path. To answer the question, um, you have to pay me a lot of money. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you you got to go where other people aren't. And right. this has to do with um, – locating properties where the owners are very difficult to find. The harder they are to find, the more interesting it is to me. And I'm actually a professional skip tracer. I can find just about anybody in the world. And if you have a house that I got my eye on, you yeah. can't hide from me. I will find you. So did, do you identify, that makes it sound like you'd identify a house and then chase it down and find out who owns it? Or Yes, yes, exactly. There's lots of ways to do it. I mean, one... You can drive around, like in my neighborhoods around where I live, I can send someone out to drive for eight hours, take right. pictures of vacant houses, come back, they'll have about 120 vacant houses. Then I start researching them. Maybe I send them a letter, try to call them. The harder they are to find, the more I stick to them. Yeah. Because when I find them, there's not going to be any competition in the room. Right. Sure. So, the three, your, th your three leading ways to get leads leading ways um, what are the three yeah. major ways that you get leads um, lawyers yeah postcards well letterbox letter drop type yeah Mailbox but not type. how you think not okay. how you think okay. how? Um, well I'm, I'm not very seldom do people call me and say hey I got your postcard and I want to talk to you about it because if they got my postcard they got 25 other people's postcards sure, sure. Yeah, I'm interested in the return postcards. That, but no, no one's postcard got to that guy. I'm following those. Those, I mail out ten thousand. I get, you know, a hundred return postcards. I'm, I'm on the hundred return postcards. I'm gonna go find those people. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So the the first one was lawyers. What do you? Well, I mean, look, lawyers meet people uh, every day when someone walks in into their office. There's a really good chance that the person walking into that attorney's office has a problem. There's a really good chance that that problem was caused by real estate or could be solved by the sale of a piece of real estate. Right. Or that the lawyer could get paid if they could just sell that piece of real estate because he's not getting paid right now. Right. And that's the part I like the most is when the lawyer needs to get paid and someone's got to sell something because then the lawyer's on my side to get the property sold and he doesn't care about the price just as yeah. long as it covers his bill. Right. Got to love lawyers. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think when you when you start loving lawyers, you've got a serious problem. However, so what are your um, top three sales tips? I mean, one one is um, is is auctions. That that makes a lot of sense with you know people from California got a two million dollar house and they rock down to Texas and you can buy them for you know a quarter of the price and they think they're getting a great deal. Well, that that's that's a really good one. What, what are another couple of sources for um, for selling property? Well, to sell property, I use my I, I, I didn't find anything that really helped me what I wanted to do, so I invented it. It's called livecom.com, L-I-V-E-C-O-M-M.com. Yeah. In short, what happens is I when I have a house that I want to sell that's owner-financed, I put 20 signs around the neighborhood that say for sale, seller financing, and a phone number. Okay. And then that phone number, I have a phone number for each house. Okay. That, those phone numbers at Livecom cost like $2 a piece. Big deal. Sure. So I, I got, say I got 10 houses for sale. I go buy 10 phone numbers. It's $20 a month. And then I forward each phone number to a recording about the specific house that, it, that I set it to. Right. So that I don't have to repeat. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, yada, yada, all, all the time. Okay. And, 
And so um, in 10 houses, I'm probably getting 50 phone calls a day. Okay. And that'll ruin even the best salesman. So I stopped having the salesman answer them. I had them go to these recordings. The recording tells them everything they need to know. Yeah. In, in income tax time, where if I have 20 houses for sale, this could be 100 calls a day. Yeah. My Livecom phone numbers capture the incoming caller's phone number. Right. They capture the phone number and place them in a text distribution list if they're cell phones, Right. which 90% of them are. Yeah, and you're qualifying them as you go. Great yeah, so, so then when they finish listening to everything about the house, what the terms are, what the down payment is, what the payments are, what the taxes are, what the lot size is, everything, I don't even give them my phone number at that point. Right. I tell them, get in your car. If you think this is the house for you, get in your car, drive to 123 Main Street, get out of your car, walk around the house, look through the windows. And if you think this is still the house for you and it's the neighborhood for you and your family and you have a decent uh, down payment, then call the red phone number in the front window. Now these calls went from 100 to 8. And my salespeople are fighting over them because these are eight really good calls. Right. And I've collected 100 phone numbers that day. So that the next time I get a house for sale, like today, right now, if I get on my phone right now, in 60 seconds, I can hit 5,600 people in my town that have called my signs and say, hey, I'm going to be at 123 Main Street at 7 o'clock tonight. I'm going to have the lights on and the doors are going to be open. If you want to come see the house, I'm going to be there. Now, I'm going there to show one person that house. And when I get there, there's going to be 10 or 15 people in the front yard. Right. And so I'm going to show 16, I'm going to show 16 people the house when normally I'd show one. Because I've captured a direct targeted, the person I'm texting, first of all, text messages get open almost immediately. Sure. Emails, I could tell them I'm going to be there in three hours. They might not even get the email for three days if they even open it. Yep. Okay. That's the problem. Yeah, so it's texting. The problem was you couldn't ever do it cheaply. I can hit 5,600 people for like under a dollar. Right. Total. Total. Yeah. So I can do this as often as I want. Now, it's affordable. When I go with other, when I was looking at other mass texting, they wanted five cents a person. This turns out to be more like $50 or $100 per text. How many times can you text in a day or a month like that? It's a whole different game. Yeah. So a dollar versus a lot of money. So this is how I sell my houses. Selling my houses is not a problem for two reasons. One is I'm offering the financing to people that have less than stellar credit, and I'm offering payments for about equal to what they're paying rent, give or take a couple of bucks. Yeah. The core the core belief of my business, Bob, is do you do you the core belief is is that a person paying a thousand dollars a month rent would rather pay a thousand to own. Do you believe that? Does that make sense? Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's not everybody, but it's probably eighty-five percent of the people. There's always a percentage that don't want a house for any reason and don't deserve. The other half of them don't deserve a house, and they're not going to be looking anyway, probably. No, but so here's a guy in the neighborhood. He's paying a thousand dollars a month rent. And, and he would happily pay a thousand to own, but no one will give him a loan. Sure. So I'm saying, hey, if you can come up with a decent amount of down payment that satisfies me as to your mediocre credit, if you'll put some skin in the game, I'll, I'll go with you. What, and what level of skin do you require usually? Um, I I don't like to sell a house if I don't have at least 10%. Oh, okay. But I'm averaging about 15% down because of my Livecom system. I'm getting multiple people that want to buy the house. And so I get to pick who I want to sell it to. And a lot of times that has to do with who has the most down payment. Yeah. So I'm okay. getting higher down payments than normal because I'm I'm, I'm able to reach. Yeah. I got, I'm able to reach my target audience like right between the eyes at a very nominal fee. So it works out very good. I also use it to raise private money, and I'd like to get on that subject one time because raising private money is the difference between making a good living in this business or any business, really, and becoming a multi, 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 multi multi-millionaire because I can buy anything I want as long as it's a deal and within reason. So in the main, does somebody who buys a Mitch Stephen property get a good deal or not? I mean, you can say no, you know. <laughs> Here, here's the deal. It's a matter of choices. Could you get a better deal if you if you had good credit and gone down and got a new loan? Sure you could. Could you get a better deal if you had cash and you could stroke a check for it? Yeah. yeah. But here's where, here's where my customer's uh, pretty much been set with until they met me. He's going to be a renter the rest of his life. Right. 
What do you th- if, if if the rent's a thousand dollars today? What do you think the rent's going to be in ten years from now? Sure. Take a guess. Fifteen hundred. Probably more, I reckon. Okay. What is it twenty years from now? Yeah. What is it thirty years from now? So this guy's this guy's on a path of every time he makes a little extra money, they raise the rent and everything goes up on him. If you buy my house. Yeah, it's top of the market. The interest rate's higher, but it equals what you're paying now. And in 10 years from now, that payment will be low because the, the, the rents will tend to, to increase and increase. But this payment's fixed. Yeah. The only right. thing that can adjust is the taxes and the insurance. Yeah. And I've had realtors, you know, say, you know, Mitch, you're screwing these people. I said, well, maybe it's the landlords that are screwing people because at least when they pay me, they get something at the end of the deal. And the landlords don't give them shit. Sure. Yeah. They don't give them anything. I agree. So, if I'm if I'm sitting out there uh, listening to this show, and I think, geez, that's not a bad way to make a dollar. Um, is this something that listeners that have got a few bucks can do without jeopardising their nest egg or the, or their future? I mean, what are the real keys to success, and where would they begin? Or well, look, if that- someone has a lot of money. The first thing I'm going to tell them to do is go put the money in a CD somewhere and get it out of your reach for a year. Right. Okay? Because then we're going to go to work and we're going to learn how to do this without any money. And when you learn how to do it with no money, then you'll understand how it works. And now you should give yourself position, uh, permission at that point to go touch your money because you understand it now. If you Because if you go into this with a lot of money then you're not scrutinizing these deals tough enough. It's too easy to buy them. You're not making the best deals you can. You're going to lose that money. So right. if you come to me and you have $500,000, say, I want to get in this game. I say, great, take your $500,000, put it away, and I'm going to show you how to do it with nothing. And when you can do it with nothing, then that'll then you'll pass the grade that'll, that gives you permission to now use your money. Are there certain markets you can do this in and other markets that you can't? I mean, is it is it significantly harder in Los Angeles, for example, where sure. prices are quite high than it is in Vegas or wherever where uh, property Well, Vegas prices. is high too, but, it's but getting let's higher. Call it like Texas or Alabama or Missouri or Kansas or uh, Georgia, yeah. um, Arkansas, Oklahoma, these all have, pop- have cities with decent populations in them spotty here and there and and they also have very affordable houses the sweet spot for owner financing is houses that traditionally sell on the mls through realtors at a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or less because that means we can pick them up for um 60 50 70 80 and still make a profit the real sweet spot in owner financing is the cheaper the house the better the roi so if you can if you can find an area where you can sell the house at the tip top of the market and your buyer owes you a hundred thousand or less right now you're in the sweet spot because that higher interest rate isn't affecting them as much with just a hundred as it would affect a person if they were carrying a balance of four hundred thousand they can't afford the, sure. the high interest rate when they're carrying four hundred thousand dollar balance so places like california los angeles you know las vegas a lot of places in florida um, new york city um, Delaware, Connecticut, yeah, Maine, you. Massachusetts. You can't do it there. The owner financing strategy doesn't work as well. Right. But here's the good news. You can live in Los Angeles and set up shop in Dallas and do fine. And you'll actually create a real business that you can't work in because you're too far. You'll have to create a business that you work on and you'll have the actual business that we all wanted in the first place, which is one that works for us, not one we work in. Yeah. So. I would imagine that um, generating the level of sales that you do requires a team of people. So what team system works best? First of all, do you have a team? And secondly, sort of what sort of team system works best for you? Well, I like not having employees. The current administration has made it to where not having many employees was a must because I'm not going to go through that. Yeah. Um, um, so I have one employee in my house flipping business. Everyone else is paid upon their success. Okay. And so I have four people that all they do is look for houses for me. I do the mining. I do the strategies. I don't teach them my business. I don't teach them how to sell. I don't teach them how to. I, I go through and actually find people that are not even interested in real estate that were like maybe, you know, the regional top Hoover vacuum cleaner sales guy yeah. who was making 30, 40,000. I want to bring him over to my office, show him how to find some houses and sign this contract and then make 100,000. Yeah. And, uh, and then after that, 
you know, the minute that you ask me, well, hey, I'd like to buy a house, you're fired. I just, I, I don't need that. I need someone who wants to complete a task for me, right? Yeah. And so I have four people. I'm the one doing the mining. I'm the one doing all the marketing to get the leads in. I just simply disperse the leads to the people and I incentivize them if they get the contract signed at a strike price, which is mathematical. It's a, it's not, it's not my, the price is not up to my whim. It is mathematical based on a certain criteria. If they get it signed for my strike price, they get 500 bucks. Okay. They get it signed under my strike price, they get half of what they saved me. So right. a guy comes in the other day, says, hey, I got this house signed up. The strike price was 50000 He says, but you're not going to like this. And I said, what? He says, I got it signed up for twenty grand." I said, well, why wouldn't I like that? He says, because you owe me half of 30000 and I don't suppose you're going to pay me that. I said, why wouldn't I pay? It's 15,000 bucks. Why wouldn't I pay you that? And he says, it's a lot of money. I says, that's the whole point. We're all supposed to make some money. I'm, I'm going to cut you a check for 15 grand on the day of closing. And we did. Right. And so that's their incentive. I'm looking for negotiators. Let me tell you exactly who I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who are highly motivated, highly motivated. They're money motivated. There are not entrepreneurs, right? And they can't manage their money. That's what I look for in the personality test. Okay. Because I don't. Because I've trained so many people in this town that went out to be my competition. They all failed. They're all filed bankruptcy and all kinds of horrible things happened to them. But it, they they think it's easy. This is not easy any more than your job's easy or anybody else's easy. Sure. There's no easy money. So today everybody lives on their phone. You know, we've got a phone to wear you. Well, a lot of people do. Um, so, if you got a phone app, do you? I got apps that I use. I don't have one myself because I'm not national. I'm regional. I'm not even regional. I'm like one little tiny city. My websites and my 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 websites and the things that I do here is just to show credibility in my town. It's not for SEO. I don't use it for anything. I get there's better ways to spend your money than SEO in this in this. Um, business because you got some really big boys in this business, you know, yeah. the big major real estate companies and you got big major home buying companies. I'm not competing with them. I'm, I'm going to go find my, I'm going to take my little advertising order and I'm going to go find something that they're not even remotely thinking about doing. Okay. Um, the average listener of this program is in business. They're likely an entrepreneur. They're, they're working away trying to avoid mistakes what failure have you had that's been made the biggest change to your attitude or that has become a successful learning experience that's easy my biggest uh failure was i got out of my lane and i got run over um I, I, i got so good at raising private money and paying people back that what's the natural tendency, right? People started giving me more money. Yeah. So I have all this private money. I couldn't even buy all the houses. So I opened up a hard money loan company where I would loan money to my competitors who found deals before me. And I would only loan 50% of what I thought the house was worth. So if they didn't pay me, I got a house for 50%, which is my buying formula. And yeah. I know what to do with those houses. That was fine. But along comes this uh, land developer guy who has all these builders to take down these high-end lots. And he wants a million, too, because he's about to be out of contract. But he's trying to get all these uh, builders, their loans taken down. And I, I made the mistake of loaning a million, too, on raw land. Okay. Hi. And so they were all going to get their loans taken down by Countrywide. And in three weeks after I made the loan, Countrywide made the big announcement that started the two thousand dollar the 2008 uh, recession. And yeah. I ended up with all those lots and there was no way to make money off those lots. You know, if I get a house back, I can rent it out. It's yeah. got some income value. It can offset my expenses. I paid $8,000 a month for two and a half years before anyone even walked on those 15 lots. Sure. For two and a half years, I paid eight thousand uh, to, to keep my good name and to keep my reputation. Here's the good news, Bob: I had done so well and managed my money so well in the in the past that that eight thousand a month did not even affect my lifestyle. It just irked me. It just made me want to puke. Yeah. I mean, I was out there trying, busting my ass, trying to sell these lots, owner financing, zero down, whatever you want. I got the hot dog cart out there and running the ads on the radio. I'm so sick of eating hot dogs, I can't stand it. I had to eat every one of them. No one showed up. Yeah, no, I can I can understand that. Um, okay, quickly, the formula for 
raising money from um, individual investors? Well, the trick is it's not about you. It's not about your reputation. It's not about anything. Mostly it's it's a belief system shift. Most people don't believe that they can get private money. And the first thing you have to fix is we have to fix their belief system because they think it's about them. I'm too tall. I'm too skinny. I don't sell very good. I'm not a salesman. I don't know people with money. Um, I filed bankruptcy two years ago. I have bad credit. Um, I don't know. The list goes on and on and on. I'm too young. That's a lot of them. I, you know, I'm 22 years old. Who's Who the hell is going to loan me money? Right. Well, Here's the thing. It's not about you. Quit giving yourself so much credit. It's about the deal. Yeah. It's about what does he get? If you, what happens if you don't pay him? And if you can solve that issue, he doesn't care who you are. And here's a perfect example. We, if you and I were in jail for mass murder in a prison, I could still get the prison guard to give me fifty thousand dollars on a house, even though I'm a mass murderer behind bars. Right. Because I'm just going to tell the prison guard, hey, the house is worth a hundred grand. Here's all the evidence to support it, and I'm looking for fifty thousand dollars. And if I don't pay you, you can take my house. Hey, the prison guard's going to do it in a minute because he's going to take my house and I can't even come break his neck because I'm in jail. <laughs> okay. Mitch, thanks very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. That was, <laughs> that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Now, you can learn more about Mitch at support at a thousand houses.com. Best. No, 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 just go here. 1000houses.com will get you to my website. Got tons of free stuff. If you have any trouble, you can go to support at 1000houses.com, but you won't have any trouble. Go there. I got tons of free stuff. I got my books there. If you want to order the books, um, you, I got more free stuff there than you can imagine. Most people chastise me. They say, you're giving away the farm. I said, I want people to do good. I'll give you everything I got. If you think you need my help and I'm the right guy, you know how to get a hold of me. I'm not going to solicit you. Just go out there and make yourself worth a million bucks. But if you get stuck or you think you need some help, you'll find me. Okay. Thanks very much, Mitch. I appreciate it. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on the Voice America Business Channel after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business. Bit croaky. The number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. This week we're broadcasting from Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, the epicenter of the planet where technology meets entertainment. According to Alex Heath of Business Insider, Mark Zuckerberg's dream of gadgets that let humans read each other's thoughts and communicate with brainwaves may be moving much closer to reality. A secretive hardware research division that Facebook created last year, it's developing brain-computer interface technology, and that sounds a lot like the mind-reading and telepathy of science fiction movies. Several recent job posts Uh, listed by Facebook's Building 8 group, describe a hardware project involving neuroimaging and electrophysiological data to create a communications platform of the future. An open position for a brain-computer interface engineer seeks a PhD in neuroscience who can help with a related project from inception to product over a two-year period. Another listing seeks an engineer who can develop audio signal processing algorithms for the platform. Mm, Sounds like mind reading. Facebook declined to elaborate on the job listings, but in 2015, Zuckerberg suggested that the company could indeed be working on some kind of brain-controlled telepathic communication device that would be amazing now zuckerberg said i believe we'll be able to send full rich thoughts to each other directly using technology you'll just be able to think of something and your friends will immediately 
be able to experience it too. Other listings seek engineers who can develop novel, non-invasive neuroimaging technologies and create realistic and immersive haptics experiences. Now, neuroimaging is an advanced field of science that uses various techniques to scan and understand what's happening in the brain, while haptic technology simulates a sense of touch with computers. Now, Facebook already seems to be bringing in talent to map the brain. Mark Chivalet, a former program manager of applied neuroscience at Johns Hopkins University, joined Facebook just a few months ago as a technical project lead. Now, it's unclear what kind of technology might ultimately allow Facebook to realise the vision of reading minds. In the past, companies have tried using headbands packed with special sensors to measure certain brain signals. Such a product, though, seems a little way off, but it would represent an incredible leap forward in computing and would put Facebook, which is the world's largest social network, at the forefront of the intersection of technology and science. It would be truly remarkable. You know, Alphabet, the um, parent company of Google, has pioneered the ambitious moonshot projects to um, reinvent everything from cars to healthcare. But Facebook's ramping up its efforts, poaching Google's Regina Dugan in April 2016 to spearhead the new Building 8 team. Now, there's not much known about Building 8 other than its broad mission to develop consumer hardware products that advance Facebook's mission of connecting the world. When Dugan was hired, Facebook said that Dugan would be in charge of building technologies that fluidly blend physical and digital worlds. Hmm. Before Google, Dugan was the director of the US government's Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency and job listings for Building 8 describe it as DARPA-style environment that operates on aggressive fixed timelines um, with extensive use of partnerships in universities, small and large businesses. The two-year term limit on many Building 8 job listings suggests that the division intends to also work similarly to Alphabet's X division, which is known for developing new products within fixed time frames before either shutting them down or spinning them out to standalone businesses. Building 8 has yet to officially announce any products, but these job listings indicate that it's starting to ramp up internal projects. In December, Facebook announced a partnership between Building 8 and 17 universities to collaborate on scientific research. It seems to me that um, reading minds is getting very very close. But you've got to really admire Zuckerberg's vision, don't you? Interestingly, <laughs> I got an email just a few minutes ago from David Ball, who's a listener in Sydney, Australia, who said, Mark Zuckerberg should listen to my wife because she successfully implemented reading my mind some time ago. I reckon that's pretty funny. So, David, thanks very much for that. I appreciate you listening and I appreciate responding. Now, I invite you to go to my website, bobpritchard.com, enroll for my daily newsletter. It takes just 30 seconds to read and it'll keep you up to date with all the business news that's important. So, just go to the website, bobpritchard.com. A panel comes up, fill it in, and from the next day, you will begin to get the newsletter. You can read it in 30 seconds. Nine out of 10 of them you can read in 30 seconds and it gives you all the news in business that you need to know. Now remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up just way too much space. It's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Any bastard can do the ordinary. Now next week we'll be back broadcasting Hollywood Boulevard where technology meets entertainment, and I hope that you can join me again. In the meanwhile, continue to be successful. The alternative really sucks. 
You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.